0: Hey Queeros, Cami here. This episode is with Scott Thompson, who is a member of the legendary sketch comedy group Kids in the Hall. Scott and I recorded this live in San Francisco a couple weeks ago at San Francisco Sketch Fest. Also, I want to thank all of you that came out to see me in Los Angeles at the very last minute show at Dynasty Typewriter. It was completely full and uh, awesome. And it was raining in Los Angeles. Who drives through the rain to come see Cami? Y'all did. I'm sorry, I just referred to myself in the third person. That's that just couldn't be more embarrassing. I also just wanted to say, hey, uh, you should follow me on social media. Twitter, Instagram, especially. I announce all shows on there and in case you're a listener and you wanna make sure you see me when I'm in your town, I usually promote shows here on the podcast, but also make sure that you follow me because so many of you come out and see me on the road and I just wanna make sure that you have a chance to come see me tell hilarious jokes, and that I have a chance to meet you. Enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome to this live recording of the Query Podcast, part of San Francisco Sketch Fest here at the lovely Brava Theater. Please welcome to the stage, Cameron Esposito!
0: Hello, friends. It's, uh, it's me, Cammie. Look, here's what's going on. Um, I made a judgment call that I feel nervous about, so I'll just tell you right up top. They they offered me several types of chairs, and this these were the most commanding chairs. Watch, Wait, first of all, also, why... Oh, no, it's... Now it's these were the most commanding chairs, but also they don't have the thing. So, like, this is tough. You know, like, gender-wise, like, I'm taking a real risk because... You know, I always, like, my gender is, um, wants the foot thing to be there. (laughs) Well, now I just have kicking legs. Like a tiny, a baby. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to tell you, first of all, thank you so much for being here. Who was here the last time I did, who came to see me the last time I did stand-up in San Francisco? (laughs) So that like two months ago, and so I really appreciate that you love me enough to come back. (laughs) Thank you for being here twice. I really appreciate that. I also want to say you're very lucky uh, because we've only done a live episode of Query um, in London, in New York, in Vancouver, and then here. This is only the fourth place we've ever done it, so we're super happy to do it. And then also, um, I seem to have accidentally tricked my guest into being a part of this podcast because he is a super nice person. We just met downstairs and like immediately... Hit it off, loved each other, had to move to separate rooms so that we stopped talking and saved things to talk about on stage. Um, but then he was, right before we walked up, up on stage, just like, and how many guests are on the show? And I was like, you. <laughs> and he was like, and how long is it? And I was like, 60 minutes? Like, we're going to have a 60-minute conversation. <laughs> so, not only have I um, watched this person's work for a very long time and um, am just like a huge fan of his. Uh, also, he's very kind and also I have tricked him. <laughs> and so for those reasons, we're gonna give a, a really warm round of applause to Scott Thompson. Give it up for Scott. <clears throat>
1: A real conversation.
0: Yeah, I know. I, that's what I said. I that's said it's a real conversation. Scary. It is scary. It's intense. I was
1: saying, 45 minutes, I I start don't know. to get real. I, don't know. And, I not, think I'm going to hold this. I'm afraid of that.
0: Um, just... I think I'm going to hold this because it just feels hard to me, but you can do what you need to do. Put it over i just here. Yes.
1: It'll be like some sort of like a, a robot guarding me. That's right. It's my spider robot.
0: Um... Scott something that first of all you got a round of applause and everybody here already knows this because you're live in person something I always do on the podcast is I have folks in inter- I know it's- it's awful. I'm sure I'm not the only...
1: This is the, I'm not the first person that's done this.
0: No, I literally... It's, it's, There's nowhere to push It's
1: terrible. Feet. That's how I open the I'm show. like a parrot holding myself it's by my, my, my claws. I know.
0: I've decided to loop my leg behind. Where's my perch? And see if that looks There's good. There's no perch. A 60-meter conversation <laughs> with No perch. Have. I'm, Cameron I'm falling I've really put you in a terrible spot here I don't even know what to say you about. everybody Do you want it to, turns us all into children it is rocking so much look at that. I'm worried for your safety just a little
1: I feel like that you know that, that uh, Edith Ann character yes. from Lily Town. and that's the truth well look but, it up
0: I just don't know what to say. How Are we, are we going to be able to pull this off? No, we no, I'm good. Get additional... you,
1: don't you think it'd be great if I topple to the floor during this? <laughs> I just... But all they're going to hear is the squeaking.
0: What? Is... It is
1: so bad. Look at it. Is yours like that? No, yours is
0: worse. You know what? I actually genuinely think pretty I think we might need to get a different chair for Scott. I really do. And actually then if we're getting a different chair for Scott, don't no, me on the edge. He's gonna be at a much lower level than me. Maybe also bring a chair for me. <laughs> uh, unless you'd like to sit at my feet and I'll ask you questions for sixty minutes. Like
1: we should have little baby chairs where our feet are on the ground and we're solid. I
0: agree, okay. All right, uh, that's going to happen. Those are going to come out. Uh, chairs are going to come out. Um, I'm liking it, though. Well, what I, one thing I would say... You see how I've,
1: I, I stop you from getting serious? <laughs> My yeah,
0: I mean, one thing I would say is that this is going well. <laughs> I was saying to the audience that this is only our f- fourth time doing it live. and oh, uh, it? And I didn't... And never before have we had so many chair problems right up top.
1: Is there always chair problems?
0: Just less, yeah, but always. Did um, anyone,
1: was there injured, was anybody injured?
0: Nobody's ever been injured. You would be you the first. You have
1: been sued because of this.
0: Not yet, till tonight.
1: So I like to be first. <laughs> I like to be first.
0: That's how lawsuits work. You file them the <laughs> night the thing happens. Anyways, what, uh, how this podcast works is that folks introduce themselves. Would you introduce yourself for the, yeah.
1: My, who I am? Yeah, Scott Thompson. That's my name. Yeah. Um, what, what else do to say about myself? Um, I don't know.
0: It's like I'm. I'm sometimes interested to hear what people would say if they introduce themselves. I, I think
1: I, I'm known as a kid in the hall. I think that's what I'll no matter what I do, I'll always be known as a kid in the hall, and I'm fine with that because yeah. it's it's they're my brothers, and uh, it's it's half my life almost, you know, and uh, I, I've been with them as long as I was with my real brothers. And, and uh, you know Oh, there a chair's
0: was... coming out. Oh, really? Look at me. Oh, wait, me. no, but. What a diva. I actually think we might need the chairs where we can put our feet on the ground. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we are. Your chair... No, this is much better. This is definitely the chair that I want. The Radio 1 should know that I have no back. It has literally become Circus of the Stars. I feel like pink. I feel like pink. Are you... The NTV <laughs> Awards. Look at me.
0: Well, well
1: we're doing a great how job. How do you deconstruct the podcast? There we go.
0: What you know? What's gonna you know what all this uh, these visual?
1: No, I don't mind. I'll take care of this. Let's get this. Let's get this, this chair out of the way here. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, keep doing the good job.
0: Well, you know, I'll say this much: that that uh. That's so much better. Twenty minutes of uh, visual chair antics is going to be great for the pop.
1: People say visual, visual humor <laughs> for a, an audio um, presentation. Uh, Scott. Now I—he's looming over me. My my skinny robot
0: guardian. Um, how do we feel about just starting over as if this is the beginning of the thing? Sure. <laughs> My name is Scott Thompson.
1: Scott Thompson? <laughs> I, I'm, uh... I'm one of the kids in the hall, and I'm a, you know, I'm an actor and stuff. And when you say
0: that you think you'll always be, uh, remember as a, kid, as a kid in the hall, and then you also said, and I'm fine with that, because I've yeah. been with those folks as long as my. Um, I think I, the one thing that I will say is, uh, you know, when you're a stand-up comic, yep. you are making your name... For yourself, yeah. Um, but I, I uh, started having a comedy partner a couple years ago, um, and when that started, heard happening, about that. Yeah, yeah. When that started <laughs> happening, it was a weird situation because I constantly got asked about. Uh, them than their comedy, like just as much as my own in interviews. And, yeah. and um, but then also it's weird how much it carries over like into your personal life and stuff oh, too. Because yes. what I mean is people are asking, like friends are asking me. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know, like how much is Kids in the Hall a part of your like daily life? Like how much of it
1: every single day I think about them, and or I'm in communication with one of them, yeah. or I get really pathetic and watch an old sketch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sort of. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm always thinking about because people remind me because people are always coming up and say, "Oh, they loved it." And then I, you know, there there was a part, time when I was like, "Well, what about what I'm doing now?" And I understand that people, uh, and I get it. And I'm like, no one's really interested in a Keith Richards solo album. I, mean, I get that. Totally. <laughs> and I, it's too bad. And I'm, I'm sure they're good, um, and, but, but I made peace with it because I, it's like, well, at least I'm known for being in what I consider the, the greatest comedy troupe around. I'm not modest about them. I mean, I remember when I first saw them before I joined, before I wormed my way in. I
0: actually didn't know that was the, wait, what? I, didn't I know wormed
1: were... my way in. And I knew that they were going to be great, and I just thought, there's one thing missing, and that's me. And I really felt that they needed me, and I thought, well, I'm going to find a way to worm my way in.
0: Wait, when was this, and where? I
1: was very young. I was just starting out. This would have been the mid-80s, like 85. And uh, I was an actor. Like a regular actor. I went to acting school. I was going to be a serious actor. I was going to do Shakespeare and be serious. And then I was going to be funny on talk shows. That was my goal. <laughs> I didn't care. Stand-up was not an option. Like if I was a young kid today, like a young gay kid today, I think I would have definitely gone to stand-up. But it wasn't really an option for my generation, especially for men, especially in the 80s. It was, wasn't possible to be openly gay. It's still barely possible, especially yeah. for gay males. And, and, uh... I, uh, I, I had tried stand-up, but the abuse was so awful from the comedians, from the audience. I thought, I can't handle this. And then one day I went to a midnight show with a friend. And um, it was the kids in the hall. There were eight of them at the time. And uh, when I joined three quit. <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> but I remember thinking when I saw them, like, oh, that's my future. Like, that doesn't happen very much in your life where you just go, you see something, you go, that's my future
0: I actually I totally know the experience that you're talking and, about and I, that, yeah. I said to my friend
1: I'm gonna be in that group and she goes you don't even know them and I'm like it doesn't matter I'm going to be in that
0: group where were you where, where, where
1: in was Toronto show? at a mid, at a club at mid, a midnight show like at one o'clock in the morning there's like three people in the audience there's no one there and they were unbelievable and I um I remember very clearly here's how I got their attention they had, they had uh, taped donuts under the seat, right? For a bit later on. And I guess I found the donut. And I thought, oh, this is for a bit. And I thought, I'm going to ruin their bit. <laughs> so I grabbed all the donuts that I could find. And then I just pelted them with them. And I kind of ruined the show.
0: And they were like... This is what we needed. Yes. We missed this. They didn't
1: even know it. Like after the show, I remember Bruce coming up to me and saying, "Are you the asshole that threw donuts at us?" And I went, "Yeah." Like I was proud. Wait, and then wh- I just—what wh- happened next to Bridge? I know the gap between that moment well, and here's what happened okay. next. So then they were like, "This guy's an asshole," but I didn't care. I kn- I knew it was going to work out. And then they saw me perform one of the marks. Saw me perform at Theater Sports, and I had a. Uh, an improv team called the Love Cats and we were infamous for not being good but for dressing ridiculously I used to wear pearls all the time so I would wear like overalls that were cut to here with no underwear pearls and cigarettes you know cigarette butts clipped to my ear I was just a, I was a kind of like a, a punk but like a, a, a gay punk in the 80s it was not even supposed to exist and um, this is awesome. it, 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 wasn't, it just was not a thing and uh, we did a, I was doing an improv, <laughs> it's a ridiculous story. Like you're going, none of this should work, but it all worked. And I was doing an improv and there was a, a toilet and I don't know why, but I reached into the mime toilet, pulled out a mime turd, and did a Hamlet kind of soliloquy to it. <laughs> and that was it, they were like, we need you. You're the missing link. And that was it. And then, they kept, and then they asked me to do some shows with them. And I came along with a bag of wigs and dresses. And that was it. They were like, we need this. And then we started performing. That, we started really getting to playing women, etc. cetera. And um, after about six months of performing with them, they decided to make me permanent. And by then, the other three had quit. And I knew that I had to basically lock the door and swallow the key.
0: So you go from a situation... I want to ask more about that Like, the, someone
1: tonight could do that to me. Like, I can't believe none of you are throwing things at us. I
0: think that that... I think what you've just <laughs> insinuated is that we are a sketch group.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The two people of us. People should be throwing things. That's how uh, you get into show business, people. In Canada, at least.
0: <laughs> but I, I think like, here it's plastic surgery. But...
1: But I, I mean, that was it for me because the kids in the hall were perfect for me because I was like, oh, I can play characters. I can hide behind my characters. Well, so I
0: was going to ask some about that. And I was also going to ask, like what they. so they're meeting you. They think you're brilliant because of this no. amazing 2 turd oh, no. soliloquy
1: no. no, they didn't think that. They okay. thought I was crazy and wild. And they, but they were prejudiced towards me, mostly, not because I was gay, a little bit, but mostly because I was an actor. They hated that.
0: Oh, my God, that's they funny. They hated actors. I can see that, yeah.
1: Yeah, you get that. Yeah, yeah. We all get that, people, yeah, don't sure. we? We all get that. We all hate actors. We all do. But
0: I'm imagining, you're you saying this is like 85 or whatever. Yeah. It's mean, <laughs> not they, a good
1: time for gay men. I was just saying, oh did boy. the other
0: dudes in the, like, do they know gay people before no, meeting you? No, no,
1: God, no. No one did.
0: And, were, and you're, were you, you're fully out. You and I, was, the, uh, you're I like, was fully out. You're like, look how low the cut on the side of my overalls is. Well, yeah,
1: like I, I, at the time, nobody was out in, in, in show business at all. And to be a gay man was to be basically an hour away from being beaten up. Yeah. Or, and, and everything was about AIDS. Everything. Um, and, and I just, there was no, I just, for them, they were like, they saved my life. I went, oh, that's a place I can hide until the storm passes in a way. And, and
0: it took a, that storm lasted a hell of a long time. Right. I mean, I Scott, it's still going on. It, oh yeah, totally. It's still I, going I on. started doing improv um, mm-hmm. for, you know, some, well, I stopped doing improv for actually similar reasons because okay. I realized or different, I mean, it was a really different time, but um, I was doing improv professionally. And what I found was that when I was on stage with Dudes, well, I I started in Boston. Mm-hmm. Boston's like a very eggheady town, uh-huh. so everybody was like super smart. So the improv was always like, like Keats inspired, Chopin Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. It was like ridiculous. Yeah, uh, the so
1: no Kardashian sex. Yeah,
0: exactly. So and also like not very not super not hyper sexualized because everybody oh. was trying to show how smart they were as oh. opposed to like how big their uh, stage dick was. Right, and so. Um, people were trying to show how smart there I kind of felt like I was taken seriously there Then when I moved to Chicago which is where I'm from I moved back there to like further my study and improv and I felt like I finally got like my my first like real taste of not brainy Boston improv but Uh like what improv really was and I mean there wasn't a single scene it would be like I'm I'm like a nun I'm your mom Mm -hmm. I'm a panda bear whatever it is like I'm every single scene ends with my scene partner requesting a blowjob like and then I'm also just like we're on stage like Mm -hmm. how interesting do you think this is as a suggestion like really tell me what you think scene partner Mm -hmm. now we will do on stage since what you've asked me to do is give you a blowjob do you like I mean I guess take your actual pants off I think what you want is for me to actually give you a blowjob
1: I'd have watched that
0: yeah I mean I've seen that too but I, I just felt like um, I felt like everything was sexualized in a way where uh, like nobody was seeing anything that I was doing, right? And I was like super gay, and I didn't feel like were you out? I was out. Yeah. I came out in college.
1: Yeah,
0: um, it was hard though. It wasn't like an easy road, and for me improv also helped because I didn't have to talk about it
1: you see I found with with the improv with us because I was an openly gay guy in in a time when that didn't really exist anytime I did anything remotely gay anytime that they would they would zero me and and stop the the sketch and the kids in the hall um, were furious that made them that infuriated them not because they weren't gay guys but they were infuriated because they were like well why can't he do that we can and he can't so, and, and they had been... Do- they were always playing with being gay. They were always kissing each other and making out with each other in a form of, like, it was punk. Like, for two guys to make out of those days was, like, really subversive. It was. And, and for me, it was my life. So, for them, they're like, wow, we're using this to to fuck the audience in a way, and yet this is this guy's real this lived experience. This is your experience. actual life, This yeah. is my actual experience. And I think that they realized that that was something new. And I, because... And it it was so new of being an openly gay person in that world. I think they were intrigued by that. Like, well, this must be fun. And um, so they wanted me to join. And it it was a rocky, it it was a rocky time. I mean, it didn't happen overnight. But, um, and once I got in there, then I realized, oh, I can play characters. And I didn't really have any idea that I could do that sort of thing. You you You, You know, you have something, but you don't really know how it's going to take
0: shape. I mean, it's also interesting what you just said to me because by the time you were like on my TV, you mm-hmm. know, and I was growing up watching you, right. I don't think I was identifying like that you were because because there was there was not all of us were gay. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, I guess what I'm saying is like they stole your shit, like like oh, you yeah. know what I mean?
1: Like and they all became more successful <laughs> than me. That's the story of the world, people.
0: <laughs> but um, because I, I remember, you know, I remember catching your vibe, but I don't. But like because you Bruce, wouldn't think
1: you wouldn't think immediately that I was the I was the fag.
0: Well, I was like this person is like they're doing something, but yeah. then also these other characters are also doing that. So maybe we're like, all doing it. Maybe that doesn't mean what I think it means. Yeah. Like, I think this guy is giving me some signals, but like, like well, so is Bruce and yeah, so is Mark. I, exactly, and They were so all then, kissing then, each other and yeah, dressing up as women. Yeah, so maybe it women. means nothing. Yeah.
1: And and, uh, and I think that they. It's interesting because. I knew that I would pay a price for being openly gay. I wasn't aware of how big of a price it would be, but I knew there would be a price. But they didn't, and yet, to their credit, they paid the price that I had to pay, and they didn't have to do it. And for that, I'll always love them. Wow. You know, like, their careers, I think, were, were held back because of the same thing that held me back. But in many ways, that's so, it's not okay, but I understood it. But they didn't understand that. That's really interesting. I, and I'm, I'm so proud of them for that. Wow, like, I never I love thought them that. for that. Like, oh, they took a hit from me. Wow. You know? And, and I'm, I'm very proud of that. And I've waited for a long time to think, oh, eventually the world will kind of figure it out. And, and, and they are. And I'm very hopeful, like I'm, a, I'm, ve- I'm very optimistic. I might be the only comedian in this country that's optimistic, but I really am. Well, I feel terrible for saying it. But I think it's because, maybe because I'm older and I've seen how bad things can really get. And so I'm like, oh, this is nothing. This is fine, you're gonna be okay. Because for me, it's never gonna be as bad as my youth. So, Do,
0: okay. Let me tell me about that. Tell me about where did you grow up?
1: Well, I grew up in in a, in a town called Brampton, which is north of Toronto. I have four brothers, so I grew up in a in a in a, a petri dish of toxic masculinity, <laughs> which is why even though I know it's hurt me, I'm still turned on by it. Sure. Yeah. Like I can't help yes. it, people. <laughs> I came in. We can't, sorry. You know what? Just Straight not... up,
0: real talk, me too. Absolutely. You like toxic femininity or no. masculinity? Yeah. Like yes.
1: hyper-masculinity is just... Well,
0: oh, it I have impression. a very weird... Like, I absolute. Well, so I recently went to go see Aquaman in oh the Oh, my theater God. Because I want to give Jason Momoa money. Because I want his career to continue to be successful because I, I am sexually attracted to him. So am I.
1: I mean, yeah. Of course you are. Yeah, he's... We all he, are.
0: I feel like one thing that's very strange is that when, when straight people talk to me about... Like, if, I've, if I ever have like a straight guy friend... Not, not friend. Acquaintance. And I'm like, you look really nice. Right. I have seen a look of panic yeah. wash over a man's face. What the... F- I must... What has happened... What depths have I fallen to... That this lesbian finds me attractive. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. I can still, like, yeah. like I was still raised yeah. in the same but, fucking oxygen. But men,
1: generally, gay or straight find lesbian sexuality fascinating. Well, that's because they. And, and and the one thing that I find most fascinating is the fact that lesbians watch gay male porn.
0: What is up with that? Oh, I can answer the question. Do
1: you really want to? An I answer? do wanna know. <laughs> Because trust me, we're not watching lesbian porn. Well, we aren't either. are no, not.
0: What? You aren't either. Who's watching lesbian porn? Straight cisgender straight girls. men. No, straight cisgender men are watching lesbian porn. Um, I mean, here's the thing. I think like <laughs> Okay, so there's like there's like dike porn. That's like a totally different yeah. or like, you know, like um some like really interesting, you know, but that actually kind of doesn't I have to say. It
1: doesn't do it for you. It
0: doesn't. If if everybody's like really um uh if there's a lot of on-screen negotiation. Oh. I I actually don't like it. Oh, I'm I just being it. honest. I'm not and I understand that, that that it's like a conscientious member of my community that has made that film. Oh. Hum. And I and I do not and I also that's not that's also not what I put on. Um but I will say Because in K
1: male porn there's none of that.
0: No, there's not There's no negotiation. No, there's no negotiation. Well, actually <laughs> there's physical that's what it is. What It's it that is. there's physical boom,
1: boom, that's it.
0: It's that there's physical okay, I understand that like you can take a pill and that... That that so I understand that like an erection can be like fudged, right? Like that that sure. can be whatever. But for me, if I'm watching two people with penises together um, and they have like visual or visual representation of the fact that they are actually having fun, mm-hmm. that makes it easier for me to watch. Because you think film. no one's
1: being exploited. Because I
0: think nobody's having a terrible time. <laughs> <laughs> That's lesbian sexuality. Well, it's it like is. oh my god, is everybody okay? Like I don't need to hear them say it, but I don't. But I don't, yeah. I don't mind seeing it.
1: Well, here's gay male sexuality. We don't care.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah.
1: We don't care.
0: Also, I have to say, I, I sometimes I, I can't always watch um I can't always watch women in like uh in porn because I just I again. You're thinking like, about
1: their bad childhoods.
0: I'm just thinking about everything that's happening to them. I don't mean like on camera because some of it could be fun. Like maybe sure. they're having an okay time.
1: Of course, it could be fun.
0: But they're having sex. But the way that they're having sex, like, I know, I have that, I have that anatomy, I know that that's not working for them. Right.
1: I wouldn't know that.
0: Yeah, and also, like, I just, I think it, it might even be, um, you know, me being aware of, like, patriarchy, patriarchy in the world that we live in, I think for some reason I just assume that the men that are in porn have made more of a choice, but I don't know that that's always true. Yet, at
1: the same time, aren't you thrilled that the men make far less?
0: (laughs) absolutely
1: <laughs> yeah. does that kind of take the yeah. sting out of it
0: also also, I know there are uh, women in porn who have made a choice so I don't mean it to like take away agency it's just that sometimes it's hard for me to like remember that as I'm watching it yeah. you know it just seems like oh god but she, that is hard to explain she needs a break yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay you're back okay wow <laughs>
1: she needs a little break
0: yeah um, but
1: but what about when women are together that are really enjoying it and it's not all about whipped cream and fire hoses. <laughs> That's what I think lesbian porn is, fire hoses.
0: Well, fire I, hoses. Just I, say one, oh I just wanna say one thing before we continue this. Um, I hope to God that what I am noticing is that there is a family in the front row. Is that true? Oh, I knew that, I didn't care. No, I don't care either. I'm actually, this is what I love. This is on you. Actually, I just want to say cuz this is what I always say when a family has come to see me do stand up or this podcast, I just want to say I don't know if you are you parents or is one I just want to say to you to your face, honestly, this is really good parenting. And I am being so serious. Like if this is what you're bringing your child to and you're sitting in the front like laughing, like you are make, you are doing a lot right. And I feel like you know, like, because are, like, are you my fam? Like, if you're my fam, I want to say to you, like, thanks for protecting my fam, who's also part of your fam, by like bringing them to this. Because that makes me so happy, truly. And I'm so glad you're in the front row for this conversation. <laughs> now. <laughs> oh, ditto. <laughs> um,
1: oh. How old are you? Oh, yeah, Jesus. that's
0: what I thought.
1: I don't, know, I don't know if I'm happy that you're here or I'm so jealous of you.
0: Actually, wait. This is a perfect segue because we were down. Well, yeah, I like talk young more... gay
1: kids, I have a hard time. I'm so jealous of them.
0: You said this to me downstairs. And then this is when we had to separate and go into separate rooms. Well, that's why
1: I was afraid that I'd get into it because it would get real. And I hate that.
0: No, you hate being real? I, like I, I'm stage. allergic
1: to like. It's um, pretty
0: uncomfortable. I, I hate.
1: Earnestness and I I'm really allergic oh my to people being like earnest and, and pious. It makes me kind of ill.
0: Oh God. I don't know. I'm um
1: I do. I like I,
0: I can be pretty earnest sometimes. I don't know if you just saw that ten minute diatribe. You do a
1: little bit you got a little earnest for there for that. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But you know, I, I, I think I'm tr- I'm trying to get I'm trying to get come to grips with it. Like I'm trying to allow myself to be more serious. Because, you're you're supposed to now. And uh, I don't know. Are you? You're supposed to know Now, well, call me. Now you're supposed to have serious parts. Oh
0: yeah, like you have to be on podcasts I, I for don't... sixty minutes at a time. That's
1: scary, but it's true. Like I was saying earlier, like you know, I had a hard time. There was a period when when I I would look at, and actually I went back into therapy, and that was one of the reasons because I was so jealous of young people because I was like, man, their lives are so much different. They're so much easier, and I wish that could have been you know my life and I wouldn't because I felt I'm at an age now where I can kind of feel like uh, the chickens coming home to roost you know what I mean like I can kind of feel I guess the pain of of, of the life that I've lived and the kind of path that my generation of gay men went through and I've come to this conclusion that most gay men my age or around my age are really quite uh, wounded And I'm having a harder and harder time hiding the wounds. And uh, I I have this... I I believe that most gay men our age, my age, or younger, just a bit older, we all have PTSD. And I think I'm going to have to just deal with it. But I, I decided, I thought... Because I was, I, I was talking about. I had, I went to a therapist, and he was telling me about his son who was like fifteen, like you, and uh, and the kid was like doing drag, and I was thinking, well, when's it going to come to? And I kicked him out of the house. Yes. And he was telling me about his kid wanted to do drag, and he, he'd come out at fifteen, and how proud he was of him. And I'm like, are you even speaking English? I didn't even know, how, and I it made me cry, because I was so I was happy for the kid, happy for. Uh, you know, a healthy father-son relationship, which I've never, which I'll never have. And, but also the ugly part, I was, I was jealous and I was angry. And and because I kind of felt like, oh God, I, I helped make this, build this building. And then I forgot to give myself a room.
0: Fuck, you know what? I'm so sorry that earnestness, like might feel uncomfortable but I'm so glad you t- said that I truly am because I also I think
1: it's important for me to say it it
0: is important it's also important for people to hear it I mean I will say right now in the last okay it is 2018 what was like the biggest success for in queerness Queer Eye we are still fucking making people over. We're, like, we're literally that is still fairies our fucking flitting job. around
1: straight men. And by I, the way... I'm I, like, I honestly find it embarrassing.
0: I, I'm, I, I do. I'm happy for the people on that show. Me I too, want them but, to have jobs. Me too. I also...
1: But that's not why I'm here on this planet. I
0: see the... Yes.
1: I'm not here to make straight men presentable. No,
0: I'm not. And it's,
1: I'm not. I could care. <laughs> Gay men have sex with men. End of story.
0: Yes. I, I, I also have to say like... to make it an okay show, you know, like, first of all, they they went with people who are, like, I believe probably, like, you know, good, like, the talent all seems... They seem like good dudes, like they absolutely I can get behind do. them.
1: And some of them are very funny. Very
0: funny, charismatic, like so they're selling it that way and mm-hmm. then for so we're forgetting, right? And then also like I hope they fucking take that money and run with it. Like I don't Me I'm too. not I don't begrudge them anything. No, it's not, not at them. All. And I also would say to keep to like appease us, they put like one trans guy in this season, which I haven't watched yet, but I heard that. And like last year there was like one guy who had, was just coming out who was a queer person. So we get like one of one of our guys and but like so we forget that like I mean there's a Trump supporter I just hope
1: they get to fuck one of them
0: yes <laughs> like, come yeah. on people and, and don't tell is... me it hasn't happened number one it don't has don't tell me it
1: hasn't happened
0: oh, you yeah. are absolutely right that God. is the only person that you should be putting that level of investment in terms of cooking yeah and teaching them how to do their eyebrows is I, somebody that you are going to I want to
1: see queer eye for the rough trade that's yes. what I want to see
0: am I right people Yeah
1: I'll host that show I mean I'll like, host I the just, shit out I of it I just
0: think it's it's they are the stars of that show and they are still assistants you know yeah. they're still servants to some unnamed like straight man who's not even there like I get like to the guy that's on screen but also mostly to the person at home that's like yeah, people, I can stomach this person people are
1: still scared of gay men sexually and still yeah. afraid of gay male sexuality it's like we have to be we have to be handmaidens to straight men or drag queens or whatever you know what I mean not to, not to take away from any of those things but they still do not want to see just a gay man yes telling his life they just don't what and is- I think gay women have it easier in comedy i think in a way i mean it's more acceptable i think maybe because i mean lesbians in comedy have always since i first came out there were even back then there were there were women coming there was sandra
0: bernhardt right
1: who was like my hero
0: i mean it's it's an i think it's i will say this scott i think it is actually an unknowable truth and i'll tell you why because gay women queer women or 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 anybody on the femme side of this, am I, I'm, well, it's all masculine right. people in this jacket, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I, I don't care. I experience, do I experience misogyny. Of course, So it's yes. like, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing, that's is that, right. is that like, and it, so it's not like, it's not like the dude, it's not like, first of all, it's not like an audience goes like, oh, a lesbian, um, I can relate to this. Like, right. an, an audience of men uh, are going to be either objectifying me or throwing me out. Like, is she good to fuck, or is she good to for me to look past? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's not like dudes ever watch a woman on stage the moment she walks out and go, "Oh, thank God, someone!" Yeah, I'll but have I
1: do think that the to prejudice me. towards women, gay or stray or whatever, is uh, uh, is misogyny. And with I gay mean, men, I
0: sort think we, of. I also think that like, but I think even you,
1: homophobia is a subset of misogyny. It is, yeah, because it's mostly about effeminacy in males.
0: Yes, it's mo- and it's also about like a uh, dude receiving. It's about being fucked. Yeah.
1: I mean, we could, I I know, it's an education. We live in San Francisco.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, of course. I just think it's, I think it's, I don't know, a woman gets on stage, if I get on stage and I actually talk about my sex life, the people in the audience that are um, objectifying the things that I'm saying, that's, like maybe it's going better than if you were to be honest and talking about I think your so. sex life, yeah. but it's still gross. It's still not. It's still not. No,
1: no, I, yeah, I know.
0: Like the straight, the straight dude wins. <laughs> well, yeah. By such a degree that I feel like, because I feel like I hear people say this a lot, that it's easier for lesbians. But I think that there's a different thing going on. that Yeah, men but there's can't still see. never
1: been an openly gay male um, star in comedy.
0: I hear what you're saying. That's never happened. But is Ellen an openly lesbian? lesbian i mean i well, get that she is well, yeah. how open does she have to be <laughs> i mean what look else? at what sarah silverman can talk about on stage look at what um jerry seinfeld look at what chris rock dave Chappelle can talk about on stage ellen has to come out on her most recent special is about her being famous like that's like what she can talk about but
1: ellen never talked about sex anyways
0: and Ever. I wonder if that's because it's hard for women to talk about sex on stage when they're lesbians. I think that's part of being Ellen.
1: Of- I think mean, it's just part of being Ellen.
0: <laughs> I mean, it might be. Because I, don't I know. saw
1: Ellen before. And Ellen never talked about anything remotely sexual.
0: No, I know. But I guess what I'm saying is that is that her choice. You right, know? but there are
1: there are female comedians that are, that are gay that are stars. Absolutely. Wanda Sykes, Fortune 500. There's a yeah. million of them. No, Not I know. a million. But there really isn't a single gay male.
0: I totally, we're not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that, like, I think that, well, first of all, I want that to happen. I, I want that. it would be great. Yeah. It would be and nice. And I think, it, I think that also the good news is, is like, I think I know the dudes who will get there.
1: So do I. Yeah, I do too. And it's going to happen. It's inevitable. It's, it's, it's close. Yeah. It's very close. So. But,
0: um, I also know what it's like when I go out and tour. And right. And it's, and it's like, I think that what we have to get past is it has to be a generation of people that are so interesting and imaginative right. that they think that they could go watch a gay performer and relate to them. And I and I think that's just like where we have to get to as a culture. Yeah for, because what, for I, that I, I for know that to happen. With me,
1: up until very recently, when men, straight men, would tell me that they loved me, they would make a, they would always put a proviso. Like, you know, like they would separate from the group of guys they were with and go, You're my favorite. <laughs> Don't right. tell anyone. Right. That sort of thing. Or like, I know I'm not supposed to like you. And that sort of thing. And it was like a dirty, dark secret wow. because a straight man to have me as their favorite kid in the hall immediately went, "Well, you must be gay because how else could you like this guy as much?"
0: I mean, I number one, I absolutely is that ha- like is that happening today? Like that's happening today,
1: right? It still happens. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. Because yeah, I, I still think in twenty nineteen, I still think uh, gay men do to be a gay man is still tough and no male wants to be that i mean and i think it's tough to be gay straight, female or male and uh I, I think it's it's still very tough and uh but it's young people there they there there's a sea change happening with them like i don't even know if i can if i'm equipped to, to handle it, it uh, but they really are they do seem different yeah and they don't seem to have they don't seem to they don't seem to, they don't have the need to hide it Because even if their buddy said, well, you want to have sex with them? And then he would go, yeah, maybe. And I don't think that would lead to a beating. Whereas my generation, that would inevitably lead to something ugly.
0: Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
1: Just one more week till Max Fun Drive.
0: (laughs) Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one.
1: We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check.
0: What? Hang on. Actually, this is because the next thing I was going to ask you is like, who are you, who are you like dating or sleeping with? Like, in, like, how are you finding those people? I'm not. No, no, not now. I said, who were? What I mean is this. Oh, back then? Like, so you, like, let's say you get the show. Yeah. Like, you get, you know, you're on TV. You get back Things on TV are... again? No, no, no. This is the past. Oh. <laughs> what, I have no future? I know the answer. In the future, because I, because I, I, well, if you want, I can just openly ask you about your sex life. But I'm, I wanted to ask this question, because I feel like it's like, you get on TV, your career's having that sort of steam. Oh, I know you But... Like were you like what no. was happening? For you? Are
1: you asking? Are you saying did like did I get a lot of like dudes are people coming sleeping? out of the woodwork? No, that does not happen. That's a phenomenon that does not happen with gay men. I never, I've have ne- never slept with a fan after a show. <laughs> Is that what you're asking? I, ho-
0: I also have never slept with a fan. But after they a show.
1: don't like groupies for male straight guys. I know a lot of guys that go into comedy and they wouldn't go to come for the women, but women. They love a funny man. They love a funny man. Like, really crazy. Even not attractive men. They don't even have to be attractive. Lesbians are mysterious. Straight people are really mysterious. They can be ugly as shit, but if they're funny. It turns women on. And males are different. And, like, if I'm funny, the guy's like, well, well I'm funny too. And I think gay men have it in spades. They're like, well, I'm a star. (laughs) I think all
0: gay men think they're stars. So your perspective suitors are like offended.
1: They're offended. How dare you. How dare you go on stage and be funny. I said something (laughs) crazy the other day in a sarcastic accent. (laughs) I made a double entendre. Do you know what I mean? And so never, and this is funny. I lied. I, I, I was a little disingenuous. I said that I'd never slept with a fan after a show. I did once. A woman.
0: Yay!
1: <laughs> the only time I've ever been picked up by a fan was a woman.
0: What? what number Ten one. Ten years ago. Ten years ago! Can you believe it? This is fucking it? fresh dirt.
1: I, 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 I re-heterosexualized myself for... It, it was... Her boyfriend helped a lot, I have yeah. to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cameron, I'm not saying I'm not saying there wasn't a reach around or two. But yeah, I got seduced by a couple years ago. Oh my
0: god. Was and it, it was fun?
1: So much fun. I'm
0: really glad to hear that. Was it once?
1: Just the once? It was a, a young couple, and I remember very it was in Calgary, which is even the best. Incredible. To, have, to, to like take a straight cowboy's virginity in Calgary is really exciting. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's wrong on so many
0: levels.
1: (laughs) And I remember they were drinking all through the show, and I kept thinking, I knew that they were a troubled couple, but they were quite attractive. And then after she comes up to me and she says to me, You want to have sex? I'm going to be nice for you. I said, You want to have sex with um, with my boyfriend? I looked at this tall, rangy cowboy with sideburns, little bow legged, and I'm like, My work's halfway done. And then. (laughs) And then she goes, "Do you want to have sex? I go, yeah. And then she says, you're going to have to go through me. And I'm like, hey, I like your style. I think I can do this.
0: That's awesome. I'm actually, I'm really glad that that worked for you. It was
1: great. And this is the best part. You'll love this. They were younger. He lived in a a frat house. Yeah. Oh, it's great. What? Oh, yeah, it's the best. So... They took me out drinking and then we go to the frat house and we go in the, in the house and there's like three guys sitting around a giant bong and they look up and we're, I'm standing there with her and her, boy, and her boyfriend and she goes, get the hell out of here. We're going to fuck Scott Thompson. <laughs> and the two guys, the, the bong guys are like, whoa, this is really good weed, dude. And then, so then we get rid of them and then, so good. And this such is the a best great, story. And then what happens is she's so, this is the three of us, it's just, what do you want him to do? Oh, everything. And she goes, I go, oh, I'd like them to dance for me. Yeah, and she goes, okay, I want music. And I thought, this is the chance. I go, Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Oh man, you haven't lived until you see like a dorky white guy taking his clothes off to when the levee breaks. Just, just so hot. It was, so, and it was. This is you. Guys, can you cl- close your ears? This part. This is this is really filthy. And at the very end, right? We we'd all had sex, right? And we'd done everything, and then the two of us, me and the guy, we came together, right? Right. <laughs> On her belly laughing, because it was the most ridiculous evening. Like, I'm like, I'm with a the woman. They're like, where was Scott Thompson? What a great night. And we slept in that. we spent the night together. It oh, was my just, God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what am yeah, I... just... You know. I got nothing left to prove. Like, my gay cred is there. You know what I mean? My cred...
0: Oh, my God, that's a beautiful story. Yeah. I really love that story. And, and it was really... I'm also so... I'm so glad it was fun. Because fun. there's there's a world where that story...
1: Gets sorted. ...is
0: very not fun.
1: Yeah.
0: It could start immediately, yes. you know? it could have. It no. could have. It also could have... Yeah. It was Get fun. out of it. We're going to fuck Scott Thompson. Yeah. That, you know, even that. No. The only way the story could better could have been better is if they said... Us, so are we. Us too, yeah. Us yeah, too.
1: Oh, you're right. That would have been amazing. Um.
0: No, that's... that's I used to get propositioned all the time by couples after shows. Do you? Yeah, I used to. I don't so much anymore. Like a to.
1: man, woman, gay couple. Uh-huh. Oh,
0: yes, not not. I not used anymore. to get propositioned all the time by straight couples. It was like when I when I was um, first starting, and I would be like the only queer person on the lineup. It would yeah. be like at a sort of um, mostly straight crowd room, right. and it's like a bar or whatever. And uh, I I would I never would have said yes because I could always see. Uh, how fun this was gonna be for them, and how fun this was gonna be for me. Like I could see on their faces. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, number one, like w- the first thing, if that, ha- the first thing that would have had to have happened for me is if he immediately left. <laughs> but then also. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think I think if you're well, did for, you ever do it? No, I never did. Because also the other thing is like if you're a woman, I li- literally it's like not always safe. Like that's the other thing when when dudes get to like travel around, you stand up yeah. and like go home with people. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> I will be going back to my hotel room and I won't tell you which hotel it is nor yeah. the room number. Yeah, because I don't want to be uh, murdered. Um, but no, I never did it. And I I also think it's because like for me, uh, it's not that I would never. It's not that I'm. I would, n- I would never be with a straight, cis, opposite-sex couple. It's not even like I, I'm not even Did saying Did you I'm, ever in your life? It's not even like I'm saying I would never with a guy. I just would never with a couple. Because I know what that would be like for him. I see. And I would be... I would, you would don't want to be in the middle furious. of that drama? Is that what you... You what? What? I would saying. make me furious. Why? Because it's like a dream for this guy. Like, you don't fuck you, you, you have bad. everything,
1: you know? Like, you don't want to make someone happy?
0: Not him. Do you like how I'm pointing at this couple that's standing in front of me propositioning me? They're not here. They're not here. Um, No, I feel like I I would be... Like, I'm not saying that there would never be a guy in my future. Right. Ever. Because I just think we're all on, like, a spectrum. Literally, who fucking knows? Yeah, But I just think that it would never be that couple. That couple. Okay. Never. Ever. Ever. Never. But I'm glad. Because, see, for you, it's like there's so much... um, because it's not his fantasy it's not No, it's not, it was, it was her fantasy. Yeah, and it's she also She was in charge
1: the whole time. And it's
0: also I like said. it's like there's it's stigmatized which kind of makes it hot in a fun way yes. versus like it's what's the word I'm looking for? Thank fetishized. you. Fetishized, yeah. I heard multiple people just saying yeah. it to themselves. She means fetishized. <laughs> stigmatized, I'm into that's fine. Fetis, fetishized get away from me but forever. But stigma
1: leads to fetishizing, doesn't it? I don't, Do you usually fetishize things that, are, that, are, that you're stigmatized Not if by? you're the
0: one in the position of power, right? If you're like a straight dude and you have like a lesbian fetish, you're, right. you, you have the power the whole time. That's not like a fetish. That's like...
1: But the person that's turning the other person on, don't they have the power? What? Things have changed. I mean, that's a power over someone. If you have the power to turn someone on, that's, that's powerful.
0: Okay, all right, okay. Yeah. I will take that, yeah. fine, I will say this. I will, I'm not saying I would never go home with that couple. That, the, first oh. of all, the couple has to approach me. Then the man has to go. I have a question. Here's what it is, he says the question. Then I go, okay, here's what you have to do. The pay gap.
1: <laughs>
0: Start with that.
1: Cool. Did that turn and you then,
0: on? And then, and then I'll, <laughs> yes. <laughs> They never discuss that in gay porn. (laughs) (laughs) I know, this is what it's like being a woman. It's terrible.
1: discusses the pay gap.
0: Well, Scott, I feel like, first of all, we've had an amazing conversation so far. (laughs) I also, there's all these wonderful people here, and I want to give people an opportunity to ask some questions. So I'm just looking at the time right now. How much time do we have? Probably have like 20 minutes right now for some questions. Um, So I would love if folks, we have uh, roving people with microphones. If you wanna, um, that feels like, that feels like, maybe can we, can we make the, yeah. You're very good looking, it just, it felt too harsh on you. Like you were all like, why is this happening? It's like when you look at their phone in the middle of the night. Anyway, um, yeah, if you raise your hand, somebody's gonna come to you. I think I see, is there, who has a question? Does anybody have a question?
1: Cameron, they're going to ask about our hair, because, God, we're, we've got some pretty good hair. Yeah, we
0: do have, have good hair.
1: Oh, yeah. Good hair. <laughs> you got, yeah. good God, you have good hair. Oh. <laughs> really nice. Your hair is great, Cameron. Thank uh, you. Uh, Scott, uh... First of all, this part isn't a question. You're the first gay man I ever saw on television who I deeply admired. Thank you for that.
0: Awesome. Um,
1: and then, fuck yeah. Second of all, how how old were you when you came out, and what was your coming out process like with your oh. with your social or your family, like? Ugh. What age was that, and did people know in school and that kind of stuff? No, I came out. I came out when I was uh, older. Uh, I was about 24. Uh, I went to school for theater. Imagine, I, I went to theater school and I stayed in the closet. That's how different things were. Can you imagine? In an acting class, staying in the closet. I, I, at the beginning, I started saying I was bisexual. But I had a girlfriend, actually, in, in my first couple of years. And then I just didn't... I thought, oh, God, I just couldn't admit it. So I did... I came out late. I was like 24. And uh, I, I told my parents. And they... They disowned me um, for like six months. I mean, my parents said, you're no longer my, my father. Was like, you're no longer our son. That kind of ridiculous drama. But it was a very different time. And it was very par for the course. And it was a very, it was a very ugly coming out. It took a while. And uh, eventually my parents came around. And it, but it took a while. And then I came out on television. And that was another difficult thing for them. But to their credit they've rolled with the punches all through their lives, and they didn't expect any of this. And I'm very grateful to them for that, but it was a long journey. And it was difficult. But coming out on television, for me, it was so different. I had the feeling that in the 80s, when I first came, I came out and then AIDS hit. So I was like so cursed. Like I just started having sex. I could just accept myself, and people started dropping like flies. And I'm like, what? This is awful. And I kind of felt like, well, I've got nothing to lose. I'm most likely not gonna survive. So why the hell not? And I knew no one had ever really done it that way. And I thought, I like to be first, even though there's no money in it. But I just thought, I'm just gonna see what it's like. And I just jump off that cliff and it, it's it been quite an exciting fall.
0: <laughs>
1: but it was, uh, it was extremely, uh, The most difficult thing for me coming out publicly was the incredible lack of support from my own community. That's the thing that actually broke my heart. That is the thing I never expected. I did not expect that. And that took a long time to get over.
0: Wait, when you say your own community, you mean...
1: The gay community.
0: And you didn't feel like you had support when you came out?
1: No. I, I still don't. But I can now say it, I hope, without bitterness... Because I think that there was a period in my life when I was quite twisted by it. Wait, tell bitter. me more
0: about what you mean by that. Like, no,
1: no one paid any attention. I came out on television and nobody even wrote about it. Wow. Like, they still haven't. Wow. I mean, no one paid any. And the moment I did, I kind of, they kind of, I think a lot of the, the mandarins that control the gates of power in the in the queer community. They, they saw me as someone who wasn't an ally because I was spilling secrets that I should have kept to myself. And things were so polarized back in those days that it was considered more important to put, you had to always put forward the, the right face, the positive face and gay people, especially gay men could never be looked at Badly, because that would give the the world ammunition to hurt us further. Sure. And I'm an artist, and and artists don't do that. You turn over the rock, and what's under the rock, you look at. And so I decided to take that route, mm. which is a tough route. But people, a lot of, I think people went, this guy's not, he's not going to help the cause.
0: That's really interesting. So, like, would you say? So, like, comedy is your community. Like, in terms of, like, yeah, the people that that's have your back. exactly
1: what I've come to, to realize in this yeah. world, that the people that I love the most, that I consider my family, are comedians.
0: Yeah, word. I, I mean, I get right? that. I
1: don't even think of the gay community that way any longer. Because I, I don't feel... I did feel rejected for the longest time. Um, but I just... That, that's why I go, those are the people that I get, and they get me.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, like... You're right. You're right to feel shitty about that. That fucking sucks.
1: Yeah, and so you know, like, I, and to think that you know they just never talked about me. I, I never existed um, mm-hmm. to the to the um, the people that control the the reins of power.
0: Well, I mean, I have a gay flag on my jacket, and I well, you're yeah, but think that you're really important. So well, you're, I, I'm, this but you're, this makes me. Um, Official, so. But you're a new person holding the reins. You know what I
1: mean? Like, it was a a very different time, and I I think there were everything was everything was politicized. It's a very similar time today, but a different. No, I get what you're saying.
0: Also, I I get what you're. I mean, if you're waiting for the perfect and the right face, like a clown, like us, is never gonna is never Never, gonna be that. Because a
1: true clown is always gonna speak truth to power, and power is a very shifty thing you it's not always what you think is the power and people malevolent people especially the smart ones they learn how to cloak their darkness and make it seem like they're the face of sure of goodness but you know what I mean yeah and a person like me I've got like I don't my gaydar's Completely shot now, but I still have like a real hypocrite dar, and <laughs> sure. I can really like, and, and I can see that kind of thing in everyone, and it's not always, uh, you know, the regular candidates, and uh, so, and I see people using that kind of um, for power for evil.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm listening to the Harry Potter books on as audiobooks, and um, everything you just said really translates well into that universe. <laughs> Well, um, who am. else has a question? There's one here. This person. Hello, Cameron. Scott. Hi. How's it going? Very good. So you've done uh, training as a dramatic actor to start. Yeah. And then moving on to comedy. Right now, you're uh, probably looking at new roles going on in life after finishing Hannibal. What do you see? What would be a, like a role you could sink your teeth in? What did you do?
1: Right now, next yeah. thing? Yeah. Well, I, I, what I like to do is I like to have my own. I like to have my own show. That's what I really like. I, I like. I, can't, I moved back to Hollywood two years ago after going back to Canada nine years ago, and I thought the world's changed. Uh, I'm going to make take another crack at it because I love this country and I love show business, and you guys do it so well, and uh, Canada does not, <laughs> and uh, at all. So um, I decided I would But I, what I want to do is I, I want one of my projects to be done like I've, I've written a movie that I'm hoping to get made And I've written a couple of pilots And, and that's what I'd like to do I'd like to basically write And uh, kind of show run my own show And I, I have this show that people, There's a lot of interest about it And I think even five years ago No one would have touched it but now it's a different world. And, and that that's what I'd like. Because I find that if I'm going to get like a great role, I think I'm going to have to write it myself.
0: Yeah, I, I 100% think you're right. Yeah. I mean, you, you just are. I think that's true for me, too. I yeah. really think that's true for... Because, yeah, there, there, there are queer folks showing up on TV more often. Yeah. But, like... We're, we, we still are set dressing unless we have the no and I, I look, look the opportunity like I love
1: if, if, but if they, they want to cast me on a show as like a womanizer that would be a dream come true
0: yeah, that is yeah. absolutely
1: the kind of role that I would love is a just an old school playboy because the one thing I've never <laughs> been able to do is do comedy scenes with women like I've no, no one's ever allowed me to do like romantic comedy and I would love to be the cad in a romantic comedy oh my comedy. god I love that I, I, I would and, and, I, and I, I would love yeah I would love to spend the rest of my life playing like heterosexuals <laughs> I really would that would be
0: great so you're you're, going, you're looking for like a like a Neil Patrick Harris
1: yeah but, okay yeah but like in like sexual like dirty
0: oh yeah 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 no he's super he's super sexual in How, in how I Met Your Mother like I'm serious, yeah,
1: that, but I, I, he's, that role, he's
0: older yeah, and that's exactly it.
1: that would be cool. I'd love that. I'd just love to do romantic comedy with women. I obviously. hope
0: that I hope that happens for you oh, I would, ser- love, I would it. love to watch that. that sounds great yeah, that would be who great. else has a who has a question? yeah um, Sorry, I don't want to make you end on sort of a bummer note, but oh no <laughs> you um, you talked about how you felt like your coming out um, sort of held you back career wise mm. and I was. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that, like, um, in in a bit more detail.
1: (laughs) Well, I I think that they just would not like. At the time when I finished the kids in the hall, we were like, we were big. And everybody else was getting kind of opportunities that I, I went on Larry Sanders and I'm very grateful for that. But I was still hired on Larry Sanders to be a gay guy, but they didn't just hire me to be like an asshole agent or anything. They still used me in a way to showcase their creden- liberal credentials. And that's, that's the truth. And, and that's not to, 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 to shit on it. But I wasn't hired to just play an asshole agent, which would have been great. And I, I just was, I, 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 there was a lot of movies that I was up for. But when it came right down to the, you know, the actual casting, it never went to me. And these were some very big roles, like very big gay roles. But they would never give a gay role to a gay man an openly gay man and now we're in a in a complete bizarro world where now only you're only supposed to play whatever lane you're in which i'm completely against as well because that's not what i was fighting for i wasn't fighting for a world where you only play the person that you are that's silly but you know because truthfully in a really woke world i would be playing hugh hefner in the biography of hugh hefner you know what i mean that's woke, people. god i'd love to play hugh hefner But it did hold me back and I never I never got the kind of career that I thought I would get. Like I never got and if I ever guessed it on a sitcom, I was always hired to be the gay guy. And and gay roles up until very recently were always written with what I was saying before, with a political bent. They were always written to showcase the best side of homosexuals rather than the dark side. And a comedian's not interested in that. They want the dark side. And so they were always kind of constricted and you know they weren't really characters. They were people that were to show, we were just like you. And nothing's more boring in art than, oh, we're just like you. No, we're not. And um, <laughs> never have been, never will. Good luck with that. And, and uh, so I, I, I just didn't, you know, like I just never got that. And I, I was, and that's why, you know, I developed as a stand-up and all that, so I had to. But, you know, now I think it's different. Now I feel like, ah, I'm too old now for it.
0: Well, I mean, I, I do think, <laughs> It it is interesting, right? Because I, I love what you said about the gay men couldn't play gay roles. If we even just think about and there's like the artic- the articles, you know, that are written or like the PR press push that was for I mean still for films now. It's yeah. like we can't believe this actor took on this I challenge How brave. of playing this this person from a marginalized community. And like maybe we can all play across lanes Once we stop writing those articles, like if we get to the point where that those are not articles that we're writing, like maybe then. Until then, like I kind of think queer people should have queer roles because otherwise, like literally, that means I won't be able to
1: play straight roles.
0: No, I get it, but also look at my haircut. Nobody's hiring me to play a straight role, so I this is my stance. Well, I don't even. uh, I don't know if that. I feel like I actually feel like lived experience is important to make our to make our.
1: The imagination is more important. Oh my my God,
0: I love disagreeing with you. Also, because I'll tell you why. Because we're in a room right now in San Francisco where one person has clapped for multiple statements that we've made. There have been multiple statements where just one person was like, that's it, that's it for me. The show's over, right? No. Um, anyway, Scott, uh, we could keep, I could keep talking to you this for been a really fun. long time. Yeah, this has been really fun. Yeah. I like, I hope, I hope you actually had a really good time. I had like a great time. I did, time.
1: and I think we really solved the chair problem. We did,
0: we solved it!
1: <laughs> More importantly...
0: Before I send you uh, backstage and back into your life, I just want to ask you the question I ask everybody who's on the show, which is to shout out a queero, which oh. is like a person or could be a place or thing that made you feel confident right. being who you are.
1: Right now? A person right now? I would have to, I, I'm going to give a shout out to Dan Levy. Yeah. The, the the creator of Schitt's Creek. That is the funniest show on television. And I, I have, I'm so proud of that guy. I have no, I have no right to be, but... He's making, he's spearheading the funniest show to come out of Canada in the many, many years. And giving, and and, and also, the, the gay storyline, the way he's taking it is beautiful, and it's the way I, I always hoped it would eventually be. And he's doing it without any fuss or drama, and he's, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. It, that That's my hero right yeah, now. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Well, one more time for Scott Thompson. And thank you so much. I'm Cameron. Have a great rest of your night. Thank you
1: very much.